in case you're wondering, these aren't for set decoration. I just thought we could eat them. Our budget for food's very low. Food free set. No dietary restrictions. There's no dietary restrictions if you're allowed to eat everything. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 Go on, be dirty. Hi. Hi. For everyone watching, they can see what we're doing, but everyone listening is like, oh, they're real close. Oh, they're real close. In your ear. I'm all over your face, neck, and chest. Ah! Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Big Dabber Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, like nerdy news, geeky gossip. Shit, we want to talk about, and boy, do we want to talk about shit this week. Mm. Uh, we've got we've got some things we're going to touch on, uh, but first, uh, my name is Christopher oh! <laughs> Johnson, and I have got a great big bushy beard. It's really hot. Um, <laughs> welcome aboard, everybody. Hope you're well. Hope you're doing fine. Hope your legs are appropriately attached. shaved yeah. or not. Um, Basically, do whatever you want with them. Uh, do whatever you want. Do whatever you want with you your want. body. I think we should talk about something semi-topical first. What's that? Because uh, in semi-tropical, a... <laughs> it's warm, isn't it? It's warm. It's fucking warm. If there's a slight hum in the soundtrack, it's because there's a fan on in the corner of the room because we need there to be one. Yeah. Um. I know. I've got to say, I'm thankful this isn't a weekly show because two weeks ago we would have died. Yeah. During the heat wave, we would have we would have to have recorded remotely. With like fans in separate locations and like ice water trays and stuff like there would have been no way to record. I would have been I would have recording been recording from an ice bath. Mm. Oh, I can't video that. So I'd rub myself. I can't put that on YouTube. For those listening at home, uh, without the visuals, uh, I I rubbed someone else who made that noise. But uh, in our old show, we we used to do a yearly roundup of a certain event, yearly and then the last couple of years that event didn't really happen, so we didn't really yeah. do it. Uh, and I feel like it's appropriate to do it considering it came back with a bang of sorts this year. Uh, uh, well. 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 Well, I'll tell you what. One thing that San Diego Comic-Con 2022 uh, did better than other conventions. LFCC. Oh, God. Um, Star Wars Celebration. Um, is that they actually had like a really strict vaccine and mask mandate. Yeah. And people stuck to it. There was there was there was news of people like in in Hall H and stuff. Once they were in there, like sitting down, just like dropping their masks. But you could excuse that for if they had a drink and stuff. Like fine, you whatever. could excuse it. But um, I mean, it's... yeah. However, 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 <sighs> a lot of comic book creators and filmmakers and actors and whatnot that attended have spoken quite openly in the last week or so about the fact that they've not contracted COVID, having tested for a week afterwards. Yeah. So. Measures being taken. Chain of transmission has been broken for the biggest Comic Con uh, event uh, worldwide, globally of the year. Returning, um, good on them. They did it the right way, I think. Um, There's someone has to do it. But uh, an announcement seemed to come back thick and fast. We had some decent stuff. What stood out to you, dear boyo, and why was it the Chucky um, season two trailer? No, which looks fucking incredible. For me, it was getting <laughs> beaten violently. Oh. Around the face, head, and neck with the Marvel, Cloaks Three marketing. With, with, 
Clerks 3 looks like fun. Like seeing yeah, Jeff okay. Anderson yeah. do press is yeah. very enjoyable. It makes my um, heart sore. And it, was just, it was just being beaten violently uh, until bruised by Marvel going, we're going to dominate cinema for the next six years. We're going to do it. Here it is. Here's how we're going to do it. These are all the days we're going to do it on. This is what we're going to do it with. Well, to be and fair, I'm going to hit fair. you with this. And I'm going to hit you with this. And we're doing TV as well. Hey, I'm going to hit you with this. True, but to be fair, they only threatened us with content till 2025 all right fine so that's three, so three years, years which which if anything makes it more frightening how much there is three densely packed years i three, am three years so densely packed they could collapse in upon themselves and create a black hole yeah. therefore sucking in everything around it and ending the world as we know it um, to be honest as soon as you got to sucking it sounded kind of hot <laughs> oh, but, oh, we have a date next november we get blade I am yeah. very happy about that. They're yeah. going into production like now. It's one of those. I'm, 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 I like all the Marvel stuff, but it's a lot. I'm kind of the other end it's of it. I'm, I'm the other end of it. I, I, I'm fucking delighted. <laughs> I'm at the it's point now lot. where I'm like, the worst they've ever done is stuff where I've gone, yeah, that was fine. Um, it was for the most part, fine. and that to me is way better than oh, just wasting my time with that. Like, there's always still something I enjoy. And it's more hits than misses for me. So when they're like, here's what we're going to do. I'm like, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Especially if like the shows are, you know, six episode series. Like I can watch it. I can watch a TV show for six weeks. I can watch a Ms. Marvel. Oh, Ms. Marvel was great. Mm. Ms. Marvel was so good. Um, <laughs> I didn't like Fall of a Thunder. But you did. I did. And that is called balance, folks. Balance. That's called Perfectly harmonious balance. balance. As, all, As things all things should, should be. be. Um, <laughs> fuck me. But that's the thing, like, when you say to me, like, we've got dates for Secret Invasion yeah. and we've got stuff that we just show at San Diego Comic-Con, which yeah. I think is the best way to do it. Still give Com- Comic-Con stuff that's just theirs. Well, from what they said, the stuff that they showed at San Diego wasn't finished stuff. Yeah. Like so the Guardians 3 trailer. As far as animation, they saw a full episode of I Am Groot, <clears throat> the animated show, on, on the Friday, which looks really fun based on the teaser trailer. It looks really cute. Yeah. Uh, they confused the fuck out of everybody with Spider-Man freshman year. Because it's clearly not canon, but it's using the MCU as a template, and they keep referring to it as Spider-Man's origins in the MCU, and it's like, but Doc Ock's in this. Yeah, but here's the thing: Scorpion's right? in this. Norman Osborn's his mentor. Norman Osborn apparently doesn't exist in the MCU. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. What is the overarching name for the these? three phases of the Marvel universe. True. I just wish they'd say, in another universe. Like, that's all they got to say in the bio, and everyone go, oh, cool. Okay, cool. I, can, right. I can fuck with this. Let's go. It's, it's um, a Spider-Man. Yeah, and it looks cute. It's based on, like, Ditko's art style from back in the day, and yeah. I'm like, that's interesting. Um, it looks like it could be cool. Uh, Iron Groot looks like a ton of fun. Mm. X-Men 97 is getting a shitload of its original cast reprising their roles. Nuts. Which Absolute is nuts. mad. Um, hey, it's, it worked for other stuff. Like, yeah. th- did you see the two um, uh, straight to DVD uh, animated sequels to the Batman sixty six series? No, I did not. Very good. Return of the Caped Crusaders and Batman versus Two Face and Adam West and Burt Ward absolutely slot back into it perfectly in those films. And it's just like right. I can bite. Like, do you know? Do you know? Played Two Face in the Two Face one. They shows. cast it based on who probably would have got the part back in the day. Which was? Shatner. Oh. It's great casting. Shatner uh, did a panel called Shatner on Shatner. 
because uh, he was also there to reveal that he was uh, he's one of the guest cast for Masters of the Universe. Um, uh, what's it called? Revolutions, which oh, is the sequel to oh, Revelations. All right, okay, yes, okay, um, which will be a ten episode series again. Bear McCreary coming back to score it. Mm. Uh, Kevin Smith show running again. A lot of the original cast returning to it. Okay, I loved Revelation. It was very, probably my favorite animated series in a couple of years. It was very good. Um, and I say that as not like a huge Masters of the Universe fan. I'm, I I watched the 2003 one when it was around, mm. and I am aware in the same pop culture zeitgeisty way that everyone of of who grew up in the 90s is of oh that's that thing that was on before me but like these toys are cool that have been given as a hand-me-down like that that's masters of the universe to me so yes. <laughs> yeah there's that kind of yeah yes. and it was never it was never like it was never as big over here as it was in the states was no. it it was kind of like a got lost in the model of ninja turtles and all that kind of era of things that are mostly toys and always oh, the cartoon i guess yeah um well, yeah, back in the era when... And we didn't even have Ninja Turtles. We're just... We uh, Hero Turtles. We had Hero Turtles. Yeah. When the cartoons were just advertisements for the toys. Yeah. Transformers. Damn, they got you good. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, uh, the Marvel animated stuff looks great. Yeah. Hall H got a look at Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yes. Um, which revealed that Modoc is in the film. Cool. Although some reports from the floor suggest that he's mechanical. And I'm like entirely oh i hope not because part of the fun of modok is that he's a big fucking swollen head with little arms and legs yeah, in a big it chair worked so well for the modok show oh that show was great it sucks that it's cancelled does it's, it yes it, it yes it? did you finish the first series no it ends i didn't it like ends it. on a cliffhanger <laughs> that gives a different setting for series two and it's like oh my god i'm all here for this yeah, and that's great but i didn't like it oh. so i don't care you just don't <laughs> you just don't like john ham as iron man and that makes you wrong. i love john ham <laughs> He's like crack. He's like crack. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, Modok and Ant Man the Wasp. Uh, Jonathan Majors made his debut as Kang in the trailer, uh, with apparently uh, Ant Man sort of like threatens him. He says like, "I'll stop you. I'm an Avenger." And he goes, "You're an Avenger. Have I killed you yet?" Uh, and it's like, all right. oh. Okay, right. the, the the comedy threequel is the one that's going to set the uh, the stakes of this of this whole like um, cinematic era for the for the films. Okay, and we got cool. Cassie Lang again. <laughs> that whole thing feels really weird. The recasting of Cassie Lang it does feel weird because it seems that apparently it was based more on um, uh, it's not who Peyton Reed and, and the Ant Man team would have cast mm. in Endgame. Like when she was cast, yeah. But what shitty was the fact that the Endgame actor she found out from social media, yeah, when the part had been recast before she found out that she wasn't coming back. That's, that's real that's shitty. That's Who's playing? It looks fun bumps. though. She looks cool. It's Catherine Newton, isn't it? Yeah, and and uh, the promo art released at the event shows her very blatantly in a an Ant Man sort of suit that's yeah. reminiscent <clears throat> of the color scheme of stature. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Cassie's going to be getting up to stuff. Uh, based on things David DeSmulchin said at Fat Man on Batman during San Diego Comic-Con, yeah. it appears that that team, or at least everyone except for Lewis, um, Louise, isn't in it. Okay. He, he, he alluded to looking forward to seeing what they've come up with. And it's like, oh, oh, that sucks. Because like that team of characters is part yeah. of the fun of those movies. Uh, Bill Murray made his debut as well in the trailer, playing someone in the the like the quantum realm. He's like a king of a kingdom or something. Who I think is based on a character, but I can't remember which one. Milbury. 
Milbury, um, and he and Janet have history, apparently. No. Disgusting. Um, And eventually Lily showed up looking like the Karen she's proving to be. I I like her as an actor, but my God. I mean, we want to talk about problematic actors in Marvel projects. Mm. We've got the trailer for uh, Forever. Which is the most gorgeous trailer I've seen in years. It looks amazing. What a fucking example of filmmaking. Like, through marketing. And we now know that they are just straight up killing off T'Challa in the MCU. Yeah, he, he's, oh, he's, he's, dead. he's dead. He's, dead. he's passed dead. away. Um, uh, a funeral procession in all white mm-hmm. um, that looks like a celebration and not mourning. But holy shit, Angela Bassett's... Oh. gets the one line read in the whole trailer. Oh. Powerful stuff. Yeah, love it. Uh, Namor. Namor. The life of Namor. And that, again, the way the, tra- the... The trailer was cut so well that the dude who was like in charge of the main edit for it... Yeah got notoriety on Twitter and people going, thank you. Yes. Because it was just like, this trailer was so beautifully put together. Yeah. And he did an interview, funnily enough, on, on Fat Man and Batman after Comic-Con. They got him on to talk to him about it, where he um, let them know that like Black Panther means a lot to him because it was the first like Disney thing he was brought in to work on when he was employed by them. Yeah. Uh, and on that project there, he met his wife. They now have a kid. Yeah. And it's like, so Black Panther's very important to him. So when he was given the Wakanda Forever project, he was like, I am going to make this count. And you, I have watched that trailer probably about 10 times, if good. not more, in the last couple of weeks. It's very good. It's beautifully cut. And the, and the, and the bloody No Woman No Cry going into Kendrick Lamar and yeah. everything. It's just, it's... Oh, it's tasty. It is tasty. Um, That I'm one shot of... It's at, it's Atlantica in Marvel, right? It's Atlantis. Atlantis. Is Atlantica yeah. in DC? God knows. Oh God. No, but it's also Atlantis. In also DC. Atlantis. Okay, because it's 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 that one shot of the Atlanteans on the bridge. It looks like in London, but like on a bridge. Yeah. And like forcing back a coin, she just drives the spear into yeah, the ground. That's good. The shot of like the blue Atlanteans climbing up the side of that ship and the Dora Milaje just drop it. Yeah. Good God, this looks gorgeous. Good Lord. It looks beautiful. Ironheart, get a bit of Riri Williams yeah, in there. Yeah, a bit of Ironheart. A uh, little shot of Elliot Ross and you go, oh shit, yeah, he was a character yeah, in the first one. Of course totally. he should be in this one. Hi, Freeman's in this. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya confirmed that he's not in it, but yes. it's just because it, it conflicted with the shooting dates for Nope. Which I need to see. Yeah, same. I, it's out uh, later this week over here. I hope so. They've had it in the States for like a week or so. Yeah. Because I keep seeing reviews and going, oh, I want to see... Oh, it's no. Not, that's not on. Also, what? I'm not gonna read anything about it until i've seen it same i've tried to avoid it yeah. um i turned into lupita nyong'o from us then for a second i've tried <sighs> to avoid it um she looks amazing in the trailer for this as well yeah. holy shit uh oh, just it i i want it i want it i want it in my life and i hope letitia wright grows up a little bit and gains some awareness of her platform um, because of how important this is going to be, and, and she's probably going to be the next fucking Black Panther, isn't she? Let's be honest. Well, Queen Ramonda says like my whole family is gone. And there's a shot in this trailer of Shuri in a burning temple. I will say that Nikia should be Black Panther. Some of the Lego sets have, le- have leaked. Oh, oh, did this do they say Shuri for the Black Panther figure? Yep. Fine. Okay. Because they did that in the comic. Yeah, but these are adaptations. You can change things. But we know um, the Lego sets. I can lie. That's true. One of the Infinity Saga Lego sets that came out around the time of Endgame 
was a Black Panther inspired one featuring like a a, a spaceship that wasn't in the film. Mm. And it was just like, what is this? And you realize they're basing mm. more stuff off concept art. Like there was a there was a uh, production so far in advance of the actual film. Th- there was an Iron Patriot um Hulkbuster armor. Yeah. Um, uh, in 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 one of the Lego sets around the time of Endgame and stuff, and it's like that's not in the film. And it's like no, they're just throwing some shit out there, seeing what sticks. Um, speaking of, <laughs> uh, no, these things I'm excited for. She Hulk second trailer made me very happy. Yeah, it's, I'm it's to like the John Byrne and Dan Slott runs had yeah. a baby, and and that makes me very happy in my soul. Looking forward to it. Um, uh, oh god, what else? And I'm on a big Hulk binge at the minute. I, my my most recent binge has been Immortal Hulk. Yeah, I, I've 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 started I've started to catch up on a Marvel. It's now. so good. Yeah, so so good. It's the most grotesque thing I've read from a Marvel book in forever. Body horror in it is just incredible. It's astounding. I've just started the Zemnu arc. So <gasps> yeah, you yeah. you you remember Zemnu and the Magic Planet, right? Zemnu. You remember, remember Zemnu? Maybe. Remember how ice cream used to taste? Maybe. Oh god, that's uh, once you start saying that shit, you're like. Where is this yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. And then the next issue, you're like, oh my God, the world is brainwashed. What is happening? It's yeah. so good. And it's yeah. just how to turn the member berries from South Park into a horror story. It's so good. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, She-Hulk looks really, really fun. Um, Echo, I'm surprisingly very excited for. I don't know why, because I think it's because when I look at Phase 5, I'm like, that's the only one where I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Yeah. And that alone makes me really excited. Um, but, but the Phase 5 surprise, where they announced that the longest Disney Plus show so far, yeah, 18 episodes. That's a lot! Could be half hours, though. Could be like could be like 25 minute, half hour episodes. But I'd be fine with that because... It's 18 minute you, long episodes. If you treat... <laughs> if it's the <you, laughs> Tartakovsky Clone Wars. No! Oh God! If you treat that's a great that is a great miniseries, mm. but uh, I don't want this to be non-canon. Um, if you if you treat this like like a law procedural, this could be a lot of fun. Maybe that's the format. Um, Daredevil Born Again. I've oh, seen wait. so many people going, "Oh my God!" So they're going to base it on Born. No, series three of Daredevil yeah, was based on Born, Born Again. Again. Like um, that's they're just using the name. Like Age of Ultron had sod all to do with Age of Ultron. They're just using yeah. the name because it sounds good. But yeah, eighteen episodes. And they've confirmed, at the very least, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio returning to play Daredevil and Kingpin. Um, give us Foggy and Karen and and, and Vanessa, and I'll be very, very happy. Uh, with Daredevil showing up, apparently in Echo, that's still not confirmed yet. And in She-Hulk. And in She-Hulk, it is yellow and red. Interesting. And then we get to Phase 6, of which we don't know anything, bar three releases. The opening movie of Phase 6... Fantastic Four. Don't need no more. <laughs> hey! God, that, that suggests that they've found a director. Yeah. And they're just not ready to announce it. But D23 is yet to come this yes, year as well. Yes, true. Um, one of the last movies of Phase 6 will be Avengers The Kang Dynasty. Again, borrowing a name from a story arc probably won't be exactly the same as that story arc. But, like, it shows that Kang is a major player who may be leading into something else entirely. Because same year... Two films later, I think it's three films that year based on the slate. Yeah. Same year, th- two films later, Avengers Secret Wars. Oh. <laughs> Which will be the capstone of... The, the Multiverse, multiverse Saga. Um, and considering it's the Multiverse Saga, yeah. I don't think we're looking at 
the 80s story being adapted. A lot of people are getting excited for like, oh, I loved that book growing up. Bought all the toys. And it's like, I don't think there's been two events called Secret Wars and one of them very heavily relied on the multiverse and it ain't the one from the 80s. I think they'll absolutely pay homage to that. Yeah. Uh, I think there'll probably be a Battle World-esque situation maybe of like well, I think people that, pitted yeah. against each other. I think it'll be more like the em- God Emperor Doom Battle World. God um, Emperor Doom. I think... And the Russos are... said they'd come back to direct Secret Wars. That's the one that would tempt them back. Yeah, and we know that Kang Dynasty's got Shang-Chi's director. Uh, Destin Daniel Cretton. Who did a great job of Shang-Chi. If you yeah. watch the uh, Marvel Avengers... Uh, sorry, the Marvel Studios Assembled uh, documentary on Disney Plus for Shang-Chi... Good God, they went through a lot to get that made because it was like at the start of the pandemic kicking in. Yeah. There was like a seven month gap in filming and fuck, they did an amazing job. And and he he especially like was, you can see the passion in that documentary. And Shang-Chi, I think, is one of the less criminally looking phase four movies when you look at the use of like the volume and things like that. It's one of the least, obviously, we've shot this in COVID ones out of the batch. Um, Especially again, when you watch the Ben Seas documentary and you're like, Taolo, it's a village. They made it. Yeah, yeah. Like they are filming on the streets. They are filming out in the, in in the wilderness. They are making these like cavern sets and ten rings base and everything. And it's like, whereas some of the ones that follow, there's definitely some shortcutting for COVID compliance in yeah. a way that once you notice it, you're like, oh yeah. Like Spider Man No Way Home was an absolute blockbuster rush and a real kind of like, oh this put a pep in my step. What a fun time at the cinema. But fuck me, so much of that is shot on the on the volume. Yeah. And on green screen in non-creative ways. And it's like, oh God. But they're just hoping you're looking at the people in the foreground and being distracted by them. And it's like, oh, that's By fine. them pointing at each other like the meme. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> meme. The meme. Meme. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited by this stuff. I can't help it. It tickles my jimmies. Yeah. Uh, my favourite superhero related thing to come out of Comic-Con though, personally, was the Shazam Fury of the Gods trailer. Oh, yes. Because it made me immediately remember how much I love that first movie and how goofy and wonderful it is. Oh, yes. It's just, it's so much fun. And the trailer for number two looks like so much fun. You know what I need to know though? What? Where's Mr. Mind? Where's Mr. Mind? Well. Well, you've got Black Adam coming out. Mm. Shazam's greatest enemy. Teased in the Mm. first Shazam movie. You've got um, a Shazam sequel coming out two months later now because the schedule changes. Mm. They've got to cross over eventually. And you did set up Mr. Mind and... Um, oh my God, what's he called? Dr. Savannah. Coming Savannah, yeah. yes. You've got Savannah uh, set up in the post-credits of the first Shazam. Yeah. Maybe you just do a film that crosses the two over where you set up a... Li- like, come on, you've got three villains there. You could begin if you wanted, like a Legion of Doom kind of thing. You could yeah, do that now. You could. You could do that with Shazam villains. Like Should you could you do though? that. Bring in, uh, give Kristen Wiig another shot. Bring in Cheetah from Wonder Woman eighty four. Mm, all right. Um, just say that she ages slow or something. I don't know. Um, you know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't know. You could bring in uh, Brendan Fraser's Firefly from back. Oh right. Yeah. Uh. Alden Warner Brothers. Fuck you! Uh, and the Chucky Season 2 trailer looks good. Uh, I won't go into full details, but I'll tell you this for now. It seems to be set mostly in a, a Catholic school. Oh, God. Which is a genius setting. The 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 the, the trio, uh, Jake... Um, oh, my God. Who's his boyfriend? I can't remember his name now. Blake. 
No. <laughs> and uh, and and Lexi uh, have all basically, it looks like for behavioural reasons, been put into this place for their senior year. Um, so it's like, because they're all attached to a string of murders, like parents being killed and all this, that and the other. And it's like, I'm sorry, Chucky in a Catholic school slash convent. Yes, please. The final shot of the trailer is a nun having a heart attack from seeing him and him like going, wait, I'm so scary that like just looking at me is killing you. I'm so flattered. <laughs> and it's just like, yes, Glenn and Glenda are in it. Yay! In human form. And it looks like uh, at least Glenda is uh, a part of the main cast. Yay! Um, yeah, I won't go into spoilers for the end of series one, but Fiona Durif's in it and it immediately made me go, oh shit, oh god, oh poor Nika. Um, so yeah, if you've not seen series one, watch series one. Did you see series one? No. Do you want to borrow the Blu-ray? Maybe not. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's I fun. I don't know when I'm going to fucking watch it's it. It's fun. Oh, 25 minute episode. No, slot them, right. slot them in. It's like Ash vs. Evil Dead. If that was around the same time Chucky was, it would have survived. Ash vs. Evil, evil Dead. dead. Um, speaking of conventions, I want to touch briefly on the bullshit that came out of LFCC. You're incapable of touching briefly on anything. True. <laughs> I, might have to, I might have to be careful with my words here. But, but go um, on. Did you hear about uh, the Joseph Quinn incident at LFCC? Yes, I did. This I isn't exclusive to Joseph Quinn. sucks. It's not exclusive to no, him. No. But he, he just luckily, like... as unfortunately was high profile enough this year for people to notice this yeah. stuff. And because yeah. when this when stuff like this happens, um because it does happen, you all you get the string of, of previous stories recounted on Twitter and such. So our old yeah. our old show had an entire episode dedicated to the treatment of Jenna Coleman at an LFCC event. And the stories we got in the comments for the YouTube video version of that, it's I was part of a group of a group of chums. Um who went to LFCC every year, pretty much from 2009 to 2015. 2015 was the year that several of us, uh, me and my wife included, went, nope, we're done. We can't do this done anymore. Done with this. Because prices for things were creeping up. Um, exclusivity was getting ridiculous. Like, you, you'd be told, there's only 200 slots to meet this person for a, for a photograph. Oh my God, yeah, let's do it. We got in, brilliant. And then on the day, they'd open up another 200. You're like... That's gonna make things really complicated, and it always would. Things would ne- things never happen on time at Showmasters events, LFCC, and and LSCC, which has just become LFCC in um, the spring now. Okay. We we went to I think we went to uh, two. We definitely went to one LSCC together. Yeah, we did. Uh, LSCC was London Super Comic Con. That one focused way more on comic creations and animation uh, and writing and things like that. And they were always really fun because it was. It was the it was sort of the distilled purest version of the OG Comic Con. Yeah, and then the summertime one, LFCC, London Film and Comic Con, focused more on sports, wrestling, film, TV, and video games. And LSCC has now become LFCC in spring. Like they do the same thing where they get a couple of really big names from pop culture and oversell yeah. um, slots and everything. They do one in the autumn, which is similar. And you get horror stories like what happened this year where Joseph Quinn, um, breakout star of Stranger Things Series 4, Eddie Munson. Not Eddie Munster. Not Eddie Munster. No, no, no. That we know of. You've seen that trailer, right? I've only seen the teaser. 
the teaser was cute the black and white teaser of them recreating yeah, yeah. now watch the trailer oh, and you'll God. be like Rob Zombie's pranking us right this is a prank this has to be a prank alright I guess I'm gonna have to watch that oh just mm. alright okay. um, like we're talking like we- right now what we're doing will sound more professional than how their film sounds yeah and that's just one problem with but it. Well, he's made films before. And now he's making a family comedy. But this ain't Robert Rodriguez's Spy Kids territory, put it that way. Um, Joseph Quinn was overbooked, overworked. Yeah. Uh, it was his first ever convention. He seems like quite a quite a shy guy when you see him in interviews. Shy he's guy, no, he's yeah. not, he's not, you know, he's, he's the not the Eddie Munn. in the mask, like... Um... <laughs> No. Like a Mario. No. Right, yeah. No. Shy guy. No. Yeah. No, he's the kind of guy who'd go, bloop, 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 not a tube to hide. Uh. He's quiet. Like, you see him in interviews, he seems like he's not someone who's going, yes, I'm amazing, everyone tell me. Like, he's not he, Eddie Munson. He's not Eddie Munson. Yeah. He's, he's not loud. He's not he's big. Almost, he's not like, brash. It's almost like he's an actor. Yeah, in a way. Um, and for him to do this first Comic-Con and be the breakout star of a show a few weeks before, and for showmasters to go, great. Prices went up. Yeah. the amount of tickets sold for him on the day went up yeah. it got to the point where again it's his first convention so people are coming up to get stuff signed and he's taking a moment to have a chat with them and the staff are going no hurry up come on after like 10 seconds yeah because of course the way they're doing it is their boss have told them keep it moving along the more we move along the more money is made do not let them dawdle but the shit you remember from conventions yeah is when you get to have a moment to say thanks to someone whose work you really like or whose work's meant a lot to you yeah. or where you get to go, I've always wanted to know this and just ask him a really quick question. Like, those are the moments that are special, that stick with you. And that's a lot of the reason. Of course, attendees for conventions do it because they get paid. But the reason they like doing it is because they get to have that moment to sort of interact with people who are the reason they're making money that day, but also, like, have a career. Yeah. Like, they have a career because these people watch their stuff. And, and, and have responded great to their stuff. So for them to have that little moment is lovely for them. I'm sure there'll be cynical con um, attendees who, who, John are Delancey. In it for, <laughs> who are just in it for the cash. Like, of course they will. But Joseph Quinn, it was his first time. And it took, and this is where it went viral, it took a fan going up to ask a question at the Q&A on his second day who then went, I'm not actually here to ask a question. I just want to say we've heard about stuff that went down yesterday. And we want to say thank you so much for for coming back today and being here, because you mean so much to us and what you your portrayal in that show and everything. It spoke to a lot of people, and you shouldn't feel shitty because of this. Like this shouldn't have happened, and we're really sorry. And we hope that you'll, you know, still want to attend events in the future and and meet fans and stuff. And you can see him; he's just listening properly, and he's crying. No, because it's like. It must have felt like such a, a psychological relief for someone to say what everyone was thinking. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And reach out in that moment. It's very quiet part out loud. But it's 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 nuts and it's made me wonder, like Does the convention need to be reassessed? Because it has become yeah, very much money. Like San Diego Comic Con I mean, sounds like them, oh, true. It's... But like San Diego Comic Con this year sounds like they tried to create the safest environment imaginable. Hmm. And they always made sure there's stuff that's exclusive to people there. Yeah. But they also go, everyone who couldn't attend, we want you to feel part of it. So here's some stuff we have planned to release to you as well online and show yeah. the world. 
like that feels a lot more like it, it's it's thinking about everyone involved yeah um even if it is a business it's to make money and promote projects and films it's about making everyone who attends and who wants to be there and who will order stuff online who can't be there and all this stuff feel included whereas i feel the uk convention the big uk conventions maybe it's just cattle they just think of everyone as cattle it's gross we've got horror stories we've got absolute horror stories from that last couple of years it's not surprising is it no (laughs) because that's it that's the commodification of pop culture, um, which, you know, pop culture is really only, I suppose, so prevalent and so all-consuming because of its commodification. So mm. it is, it's a sort of Ouroboros of consumerism. Uh, it's consumer robberism. It, yeah, consumer Um It's, as soon as you can start making money out of something, then it's going to get driven into the ground so people can make the most money of it, which means inevitably the quality is going to drop. Because at some point it becomes less about the quality of the experience and more about how much profit that they can make from it. It's that's it's that's just the way our society is built right now. Mm. Um, and it well, society sucks. can fuck off. It sucks, but it, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it, and that's the sad thing, I suppose. Sucks balls, boy. Sucks balls. <clears throat> the ball boy. Ball boy. Sucks the ball boy. Sucking off. No. no, no, that's mm. not no, 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 no. no. Disgusting. I've seen Wimbledon. That doesn't happen. Speaking of disgusting, <laughs> Paul Bettany's finest moment. Do you rent the wrong one? Speaking of disgusting, um, what shit have you read and absorbed since we last spoke on air? So, what, what new things do you want to bring to the table? Absolutely nothing. Really? Because I have a small child. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> that is very, very, very true. I can't do anything. Um, well, when I popped around to yours last week, you were elbow deep in The Legend of Zelda 2. Yeah, I've been playing a little bit of that. Um, it's good. It's just really hard. What about the game? It's a, It's very different from the original Legend of Zelda and by hmm. extension all of The Legend of Zeldas. And then it's like top-down uh, overworld stuff. Yeah. But when you go into dungeons and action sequences, it's a side-scroller. Okay. And it's got experience point base level up mechanics like an RPG. Right, so is this the only game in the series that does this? Yes, that's real weird. Well, uh, there are some like tiny little side-scrolling sections in Link's Awakening, mm. um, and I think the Oracle games for the GBA. But it is this is like that. That's what this game is. Mm. So it plays very differently, okay. and it is also incredibly obtuse and incredibly difficult and you cannot play it without a guide like you can't because you have no idea where to go or what to do or how anything works um so you just have to kind of like beat your head against it well and i can see why it's got a bad reputation once you know what you're doing Mm. i think it's actually a really cracking game um it's a gay old time yeah absolutely like the flintstones Uh, like the flintstones um For instance, even, like the Flintstones. Even with that guide, it is so difficult. Like, it's yeah. a punishing game. Um, but good fun. Well, well was good. I, um, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, it's like, my God, it's just it's tearing out my soul. I, love I recommend punished. it. I recommend it. I recommend the punishment. It rips um, and tears. I have um, I finished season four of The Expanse, finally. Oh! Yay! Has it expanded? It's great. It reminds me great. I've not stand on season five yet. Because um, I also know that they kill off the main character at the end of season five. 
because the actor had some rather upsetting allegations made against him. So, uh, and annoyingly, uh, he's like, the best character on the show. So, uh, uh, well done. Uh, well done. Uh, well done. Uh, Yay. Mm, it kind of sucks. Um, it's a very good show, though. Uh, what else has been going on? I almost got a little bit of uh, What else has been going on? Um, I don't think we've got a tissue it's to fine. hand either. It's on a flat table. Just sup it right up. Uh, It'll be fine. It. Podcast first um, is going to suck Coke off a yeah. table. Coca-Cola. We're not sponsored. We're not sponsored. But if either version of Coke would like sponsor us, we'll take it. Yeah, and um, so... No. Um, <laughs> what else? What else have I done? I've not done anything, Christopher. What have you done? Do you know what I've done? I for for a Twitch stream, I went back to the well, mm. and I played the PlayStation One classic Toy Story Two: Buzz Lightyear to the Rescue. Whoa! A game that I have very fond memories of playing as a kid, thinking this is really hard. Is that because you've got it, or is that because you've now got the PlayStation Plus 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 Plus? Uh, this this was put out for free the week of Lightyear to all categories. Um. Uh, for a digital, you know, digital download and everything, I have since upgraded to premium because it cost me less than it would have cost to buy Stray, which I wanted to play, and it's on premium. So I was like, I guess I'm just buying PlayStation Plus Premium to play Stray and then go into other games. And then I looked through the catalog and was like, I own most of these, <laughs> never mind. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a game that when I played it in the na- in the la- in the late nineties, early two thousand, in the late nineties, or as a child. On a pirated copy on a chipped PlayStation. Uh, I remember what? thinking, this is really hard. I, I, I was going through changes at the time. No. <laughs> uh, and it was, you know, it was tough. Christ alive. Like, my my 31-year-old brain is so much more used to how games are made now so that I can go, right, well, there's going to be one of the tokens up there. Yeah. I know there's yeah. going to be one of the tokens up there. Because the way that that's constructed, that's a not an obvious path, but it's achievable. And I know that there's going to be something that I can unlock in a later level to come back to this level to replay to get this yeah. one. And like, So that helps. But Jesus H. Christ on a bicycle. If you ever get the chance, folks, to go back to a PS1 era Disney platformer, take some Dutch courage along the way. Oh, are we talking Zelda 2 levels of ridiculousness? Just, it's more about, like, drop distance and reaction timing. Because, of course, controllers are so intuitive now. Yeah. Like, um, great example. There's a PlayStation 4 in this room. I played Fortnite on here the other day, and just trying to target with a sniper with the R R stick was, you know, it was fine. But reaction time, it doesn't feel like there's a delay. There's a PlayStation 5 in my office. I played Fortnite on stream on PlayStation 5 the other night. And the difference in just the smoothness of movement and reaction between that generation yeah. is so noticeable once once you try it. You're like, god damn. Now imagine that four generations prior and with... It's not tank controls, but what's the one where like you can't turn sideways, the camera sideways as you go? It doesn't just automatically happen. But because it was made for the PS1, it was made so that people who had the first controller, not just the first DualShock controller, could play it. So the camera's not the right stick. The camera's the L2 and R2 triggers. Oh. 
and it doesn't always work because if there's a physical item or part of the scenery next to you in the game, it stops the camera moving. No, I don't like that at all. So, like, some risky jumps are based purely on luck because you can't square the camera up to see where you are. You want to talk about weird 3D game cameras? You know what you should really go back and play? Star Fox? The first Tomb Raider. Same same kind of thing. It's that th- whereas whereas Buzz just sort of turns, Lara does the little sidestep and gets into position. Yes, yeah, same kind of. I can't remember what that's called. It's not tank controls. Tank controls is where you it's use just, both sticks to move. It's just the way that the camera works in in those games because oh. it, it was it took a lot mm. a lot of teething issues yeah. to get cameras working in three D platformers. That was a big. Thing for... That's why so many of them were more linear. Like your old Crash Bandicoots yeah. are either sideways or fo- like the three D well, worlds yeah, it's not where you're moving backwards, game, yeah. forwards, or yeah, yeah. But um, it was Super Mario sixty four is is widely regarded to be the one that the was pioneer. the first to crack it, um, and even that has not aged particularly well. Um, Although we all still have nightmares about pianos trying to eat us, so it definitely made a mark. <laughs> no, thank you. Don't need that. Don't need that in my life. Horrifying. But yeah, going back to that well after all this time is. Yeah. And what's hilarious is like it rewards you if you finish certain if you finish certain objectives in the level, especially if you beat the bosses, mm. it gives you a bonus video. Oh. And that bonus video is just the next part of the film. You just watch clips from the film. And it took me back to like, do you remember when games of that era did that? Movie tie-in games. And that was such a cool thing. Because Home video releases were anywhere between a year and two years after the yeah, theatrical release. Yeah. So to have the game and be able to watch sex- sections of the film in the game was like, oh my God, I'm watching Toy Story 2 in a 240p resolution. It's, Do you remember oh, the very magical. first Lego Star Wars game? Yes. Which was the prequel trilogy. Yes. And had an episode three set of levels before episode three came out at the cinema. Yes. Yes. And the back in the day, they didn't give a shit about that, really. No. They went, well, no one's going to get the film experience from this. Because it was so. just... Yeah. I've been playing the complete uh, uh, the Skywalker saga recently. Yes. Um, very funny. They, f- they find jokes in places you, you wouldn't think. Did, you go, did, God damn it, that works really are well. Are you playing it with the, the speech turned off? No, I'm playing it with the speech on, and it's kind of like... They've got all these incredible voice actors, some from the films, some from like the Clone Wars animated series, yeah. expanded projects, expanded media, playing these roles. And they're just saying the lines from the films. Yeah. Very rarely are there deviations. And it's sort of like, what's the point then? Like, what is the point? Just just use the original I, dialogue if you're going to do that. I imagine that that is probably better than what they did for the, some of the previous licensed Lego games, where they just pulled the lines from the films. Often yeah. in very awkward ways. The Harry Potter ones did that. Harry Potter ones think. did that. Yeah. Lord of the Rings ones did that. Yeah. Oh, the, that was uh, weird. That was yeah. Very bad. Mm. Uh, the Jurassic World one did it, and it was awful. That's. The, um, I think that's the worst of the Lego the Lego movie tie-in games. The Jurassic the Lego Jurassic World. Yeah. There's just that. too much to do with very little characters and world to base it did off pirates of. Pirates do that. Oh. Yeah. That a pirate. Pirates is bad. It doesn't use the vocals. I think it's still mumble mumble oh, core. Okay. But I think I think the Pir- Lego Pirates game is fucking awful as well. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and uh, the only ones I've never played from that series, I've never played Lego Indiana Jones. 
I played or, or the adventure continues, I played the which f- was just the Crystal first, Skull and some extra levels. I played the first Lego India a little bit. It's fine. I never played Lego Hobbit. Uh, Technically, no one ever completely played Lego Hobbit. Well, yeah, because no, they never released the third film. Um, uh, yeah, I've I've not played Lego the Hobbit because it's the Hobbit. Um, sorry. <laughs> For those listening along at home, I just pulled Matthew on. I'm just drifting off. Um, <laughs> uh, um, good sorry. lord. <laughs> Lego must... Batman 3 is the peak. Beyond Gotham is the best one. Uh, it, it, okay. it introduces the open world stuff the best, but doesn't overwhelm you with it. Okay. And or it, the, the amount of tasks feel achievable. Do you know how many blue Kyber bricks there are, which is like the gold brick equivalent in Lego Star Wars Complete Skywalker Saga or whatever it's 78, called? 78,000. It's like 1,032, something like that. It's like, no, don't need this. Don't need this. That's too many. Combat's fun. They finally had combos and stuff, but don't need all that. That is too many. Although when Grievous and Obi-Wan face off in Revenge of the Sith, it's a dance battle. And then the boss fight. And the clone trooper that accompanies you is Commander Cody, because they're like, we know what you guys want. We know we know what you'd like. We're going to put Cody in this. Well, it is Commander Cody. <laughs> yeah, but he's not in the boss fight with Grievous. He's not fighting him. Is That's he? true. So they're like, look, if, does, we're, if we're going to give you a second character for this boss fight, we're going to give you Clone Wars no, nerds a little bit more. he's too busy planning to blow up Obi-Wan later on. True. Um, no, he's not planning it. Ex- he executes Order 67 and they start like dancing or something. He's like, wait, no, wrong one, wrong one. <laughs> 66. Order 66. Um, yeah. The Emperor voice actor's very good. He got a few extra lines in Revenge of the Sith, but not too many. Um, Should we talk about what we came here to talk about then? Yeah, because uh, another thing I've been doing in prep for this week is watching a shitload of Edgar Wright movies. Um, we ain't talking about these, but uh, it's it's been real fun revisiting uh, this batch. I've not watched this one yet, though. Sparks Brothers, still in the wrapper. Didn't get time before we recorded, but I'm looking forward to watching this one. But yeah, Last Night in Solo, Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Uh, that's one of your favourite movies. It is. Touch it. I love Scott Pilgrim. Touch it in a way that Kieran Culkin touches all our hearts and funny bones in that movie. He's great. The whole cast are great in it. But holy shit, Kieran Culkin is great in that. Yeah. Um, Baby Driver, if you can get through the squeaks... Sorry, that was a dog toy. That was amazing. (laughs) Baby Driver, if you can get through the alleged pederast and the alleged other pederast, uh, it is a fucking phenomenal movie. Yeah, it's very good. And it's taken me a few years to revisit it because of the alleged pederasts. Um, but yeah, good God. Jamie Foxx is terrifying in this. Lily yeah, James is. is amazing in this. Yeah, she is. It's just so good. And I finally got to watch Last Night in Soho this week. Uh, I'd never seen that before. Um, this is terrifying. And I highly recommend this to anyone who loves yeah, a really, I, really I, good I, ghost I story. I need to get around to that. It's a ghost story. And you are totally going out of here with it tonight if you want to borrow it. Okay. Um, you're not borrowing Sparks. Not till I've watched it, damn it. I have no desire to watch Sparks. Oh! <gasps> Sorry. One of the DVD extras is Weird Al Yankovic playing an acoustic cover of This Town Ain't Big Enough for the Both of Us from beginning Farrah. to end. Okay. Farrah. But the reason why I did that is because I just, I, I was on a kick because our kick. prep for this episode was um, the Three Flavors Cornetto Trilogy. What flavors are they though? Strawberry, uh, blue, and mint. I don't know. But they're red, blue, uh, green nuts. is the... They're red, blue, green, sir. I, I, I dread to think how the Gary King part of my T-shirt the, is going to chroma key in this episode. The blue one is, is just plain chocolate. Is it? Yeah. Ah. Maybe like a nut topping. 
Um, oh yeah, the little crunkle, crunkle yeah. nuncles, crunkle yeah, nuncles, crunkles. Um, why do we want to talk about this? Because basically, I think this is because it's pretty fucking good. Isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like the only. I might be wrong, but it's definitely in that small category of the only perfect movie trilogies. Because a lot of the best trilogies have since expanded and stopped them being well, trilogies. thematic trilogies. So. Well, it's, exactly, yeah. This is this is an anthology trilogy, essentially. Let me tell you about an anthology trilogy. Apocalypse, Apocalypse trilogy. Well, yeah, yeah. True, true, very true. Flawless? No, I don't think so. Um, very good, yes. Don't, don't, say, don't say I don't think so in front of Jordan Peele. Did yeah. you see that on Twitter? It was <laughs> remarkable. Um, cartoonist Adam Ellis, dear David's Adam Ellis, oh, yeah. um, who has some fantastic cartoons with some fucking awful takes. Yeah. Um, he basically went out there and said he thinks that Jordan Peele's like three films are the greatest horror like uh, streak in history. No one's ever come close. And then people going, "Oh, what about like you know, like John Carpenter, for example?" And he was like, "Fuck off, no." And he brought up the Rotten Tomatoes score oh, God. for like films like The Thing and stuff as his barometer. And Jordan Peele responded and said, "Please put down the phone." <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, it wasn't him coming in and being like, don't, don't like hype me up like that. It makes me feel embarrassed. It was him saying, you do not use me to shit on Carpenter. No, fuck no. It's like, fuck no. Well done. But like, you know, the, the trilogies that were always considered classics, a lot of them aren't trilogies. You can't say the Star Wars trilogy. You use it to define which era of the movies, but there's nine of them in that series now. It's not a trilogy. Indiana Jones is not a trilogy anymore. Like also, John not, Wick not anyway. is soon to not be a trilogy soon anymore. To not be a trilogy. I'm down for it. I'm really fucking I'm down, really for, down it. for it. Um, the the four trailer does look really really nice. The teaser yeah. trailer. Um, yeah, th- th- there aren't many. Like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Sure, that that is perfect. Sure, that is that is perfect. And it is a trilogy. It is a trilogy. There's there's a prequel series, but it isn't called Lord of the Rings, so this it's a trilogy. Um, this is one of the few that just fucking nails it. Whilst also showing the growth of the filmmakers. Yes. As as it goes, while keeping familiar elements in each one that just make you as a returning audience member like go, oh, I'm happy about this. This makes me smile. And that sort of <laughs> resonate more in close proximity if you watch them all, all together. And can we talk um, about like how fucking diverse its, its recurring two leads are over yeah. the course of these three movies? Yeah. Like... Paul tried to replicate this by utilizing Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Didn't work. Who were involved in like the storytelling? Something Simon Pegg yeah. was like on on like he was like one of the co-writers, whatever for it. Yeah, as he asked for all of and, this. And it's fine. Paul's fun, it's but fine, but it's but not. This. There's, there's a British sensibility to these three. Yeah. that is painfully absent in Paul, and that's kind of why these stand out. Like. There's a there's an American modern comedy movie sensibility to Paul that strips everything that made the British comedy sensibility of these yeah. away and makes you realise that that's why these work. These work because they are films that appeal worldwide, everywhere, yeah. but made by a Dorset lad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and that kind of it shines because of it. I, and I think you, you probably get it the most in Hot Fuzz because I mean, it, it filmed in Wells, where I grew up. It is the, the chase route for the guy who nicks stuff from the supermarket is his walk to school. Brilliant, brilliant, like um, amazing. 
but the, the great thing about Hot Fuzz his, his drama teacher, or, or it's either his drama teacher or his science teacher, is one of the in the the the, the town fake oh, like yes, guys the at the end in that shot. The year, it's like so that's just... how much of it, it based in his DNA that um, movie is. Yeah. But what the what it does really well <laughs> is it takes a very American genre. A couple of very American genres, actually. The, f- the first two in particular of the three yeah. focus on stuff that like America's so like, kind of owned. So it's like yeah. it's the buddy cop action movie yeah. and it's a slasher movie, which are both very American. Oh, Fart Fuzz, yes. Um, yeah. And, but <laughs> dresses them in the most British dressing you can. Yeah. Um, it's 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 I know what you did last summer. Yeah, it's um it's you know it's I mean Christ's sake it's bad boys. Yeah, it's bad boys. It, it, you, you ain't seen bad boys too. Um, it's, it's Point Break. It's point Break. Yeah, like the the cast is it's the omen in one particularly memorable scene. The cast is very very knowing <laughs> as well. Yeah. Like like Timothy Dalton, Edward Woodward. Oh, everyone like, knows exactly what they're doing. Yeah, like, um, and they, and they put they sprinkled in people there that like they know but like jim broadbent is a worldwide known actor like yeah. he's been in so much stuff so like even his casting which fits perfectly here is like you know the seemingly bubbly uh you know um chief constable of a you know of a, of a, of a local yeah of a local a local um uh you know police station and everything wonderfully named frank butterman frank butterman oh mm. like that even that is conscious casting yeah because he fits the kind of rustic british like you know south south uh west southeast kind of vibe but he also is like someone that american audiences go oh god yeah he's from whatever i love him in that and they'll they'll want to check it out they'll want to see more um and and then timothy dalton obviously just Just, and the amount of comedy actors are just hidden throughout it alice lowe alice lowe um, yeah and freaking um you know olivia coleman who at this point was mostly known for comedy shows yeah. and sketch shows. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Eldon. Kevin Eldon. Bill Bailey in Twice. a dual role. <laughs> which in itself, I think, is a, is, is a joke based on Shaun of the Dead because you have the two biker zombies yeah. who people for years... I remember this. For years, people were like, that's Bill Bailey. People were like, that's Bill Bailey, that... Because Dylan Moran in Shaun of the Dead, yeah. everyone was thinking of Black Books. Tamsin yeah. Grigg has a cameo in Shaun of the Dead, very yeah. briefly. So they were like, that's Bill Bailey. It's like, Bill Bailey isn't twins. Bill and Bailey is twins. Do you know what twins. I mean? And, and, it's true. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not, what are you fucking talking about? That's not Bill Bailey. Why, why would they superimpose a second Bill yeah, Bailey? Second Bill Bailey. For a crowd shot. That, that's no, that's, so I think the casting of him as two receptionists in Hot Fuzz has to be an in-joke. It's got to be an in-joke based on the internet spouting out this bullshit oh, fact God. back in the 2000s. Um, because then, the bikers, as far as I'm aware, aren't in Hot Fuzz anywhere, but they do show up in The oh, World's yeah. End for a shot. Bri- yeah. The World's End has got a shitload of bit players from Shaun of the Dead yep. hidden in it. Yep. Mary is next to Gary King <laughs> in the circle at the beginning. It's like, wait, what? And the fact that there's a, what, seven, eight year gap production-wise between those two movies shows that Edgar Wright's gone, no, you guys are my lucky charms. I want you to be yeah. in this scene. I want you in the background of this scene. I want you... Yeah. It's just, it's so lovely. And adds to that family feel. Certain actors recur, yeah. even if they're not a big part. Bill Nye plays a prominent role in film one and three. And he cameos in film two. Yeah. Like, just, there he is. Um... Let's just, do you know what? Let's just let's 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 have a little point by point of each well, one. I, I think I think first of all we need to sort of establish the sort of 
the Edgar Wrightisms that are going to appear in all of these. Shaun of the Dead's the testing ground for yes. it. Can this work? Yes. Spaced absolutely proved it. The only Edgar Wright film I've not seen, Fistful of Fingers, because you can't fucking find it anywhere. Yeah. Um, a Western from 1995 um, is is probably where he also honed it. Yeah. But Shaun of the Dead, the uh, the fake shootout sequence from Spaced and the zombie dream sequence yeah. from Space based on Resident Evil. Yeah are what made him go yeah let's do it and and him and peg because that's the other thematic thing as well all three are written by edgar wright and simon peg yes um and in terms of the sort of what you can expect from these films you can expect razor sharp editing mm, just oh like God. the tightest editing for mundane things but for very mundane things for the most part and then as it goes on it yeah. becomes a bit more like typically utilized that also yeah. serve as narrative beats yes You've got a lot of visual background motifs mm. that feed into the themes and the narrative of the movies, particularly with foreshadowing and colour themes, all that sort of stuff. Foreshadowing, the pub crawl. The pub crawl, yeah. Little hints just drop throughout Hot Fuzz. Tiny little hints that when you connect the dots later, you're like, oh God, yeah, yeah. of course. And the, the pub names or signs yes. in the world's end spell out everything that's going to happen in a way where on your first watch you will never catch it. He's, he's one of those filmmakers who, who tells you exactly what he's going to do mm. and then does exactly that. But you might not have called that he was going to tell you exactly what he was going to do. But then if you go back and watch it again, you know exactly what he's mm. going to do. And it's so brilliantly executed. Um... <laughs> You know, fast, witty dialogue, um, very lovable idiot characters. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And like out of your out of your twosomes, there is always at least one. There's a, one lovable moron, like t- two in Shaun of the Dead, but one of them grows up over the course of the film, and takes charge. Yeah. Um, your supporting character in, in Danny in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And basically, Gary King's entire mentality. Yeah. as a mask for something else in the world's end. Yeah. And and again, like the fact that it's not, oh, Simon will play this role in every single one and Nick Frost will play this role in every single one and it's a mix and match thing every time. They sort of switch by the end of the trilogy. Like, it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> although, um, oh, God, what's this character in, in Thingy Called? Andy. Andy. Andy does regress slightly <laughs> in the world's end. To help save the day, essentially. Um, Fucking amazing. Right, so let's talk Sean. Uh, Yes, Sean of the Dead. 2004, what was your exposure? We talk a lot more about this, by the Um, way, in a commentary that's available to patrons right now. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. You can listen to our Sean of the Dead commentary right fucking now. And you can listen to our Hot Fuzz and the World's End commentaries in the next couple of weeks. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe for as little as a quid. You get on our Discord server. You can tickle our nipples. One of those is false. Um, but the nipples one of our nipples are false Man. one of us is wearing a prosthetic nipple yeah. um, and it's not even a good one no. it's like it's like a wooden peg like an old clothes peg like a Simon peg yeah star of Shaun of the Dead um, so <laughs> my exposure to this was DVD because yeah. I was 13 when it came out yeah it was rental I'd, I'd heard the buzz I wanted it I wanted to see it and mm. it was one of those movies where it was like my stepmom's not big on horror films at all my dad wanted to see this I was like, can we get it? We bought it from, I think, Asda at Trafford. <laughs> and, um, and like, 
stepmom had i think she had like a she was a teacher i think she had like a teacher like night out they were all going out for a meal or something mm. end of term so me and my dad Cracked watched out. Shaun of the dead I, did what now <laughs> crack what out um and i was i was in love immediately it was like I was at that I was that age where comedy stuff, especially like punk rock comedy stuff, was kind yeah. of tickling my pickle. Like I was I was at the age where I'd finally watched all the Monty Python movies and was like, these are amazing yeah, and all this yeah. stuff. This became my instant new favorite movie for at least a year. Yeah. Um I I can't undersell how much this movie backdoored me into getting into horror more as well. Yeah. And I think it did that for a lot of people. Yeah. Like it, it sort of it was it's like if you know, it's the movie equivalent of Red Dwarf, but horror instead of sci-fi. Mm. Like it's done with such love for the medium, and such um, celebration for what came before it. I mean, even the name, for Christ's sake, you could put it on the shelf with the Romero films and go, "Oh, I guess that's one of them." Bit of a weird name, but I guess that's one of them too. Um, and it's also a name that doesn't translate into other languages. Yes. Would you like to know some of the other, the international Yes, I would. Dead? Yes, I chuffing uh, would. So let's see if I can find You carry on talking. Mother. Can I get any of you cunts another name for Sean of the Day? Can we talk so. about how Ed is the best worst friend ever? Oh, Ed is such a dick. Because he's like, again, lovable. But as the story goes on, it becomes apparent to Sean yeah, this guy has held me back. Just fucking useless. Like he's encouraged me to be my worst self. But it doesn't. It does. The film doesn't abandon Ed. The film doesn't then go yeah. get rid of him because it's like no, because this is just who Ed is. You can't blame Ed for who he is. You know what I mean? Like you, Sean, are the one who's meant to step up and do something. Yeah. You are meant to take more responsibility. You've used Ed as an excuse. Yes, he has held you back. But you are the one who can choose to move forward. And like the maturity of the script is so not evident until you reflect on the film a lot more. And especially yeah. in the third act where it's shit gets real. Like you're still having fun. You're smacking zombies with pool cues to, to Queen. <laughs> like, you know, Pete showing up yeah. naked at the end to the pub. Like you are still having fun. But like, there's no real jokes in the last five ten minutes yeah it's all the, the comedy comes from just like lovely r- reminiscence to things that happened earlier in the film and people's yeah. relationships um you know the final gay and everything yeah. like it's just it you know what i mean it, it's it, the comedy just comes from the warmth of the relationships the film has made you invest in yeah uh, it's it, oh my I, I think basically from the moment that like barbara dies and like there's no fun to be had anymore. The fun is gone. Yeah. And it's quite right. Cause at that point it feels flat out like a horror movie. Um, it's just so well done. So here's a couple of international titles for Shaun of the Dead. So in Russia, the pun doesn't translate. However, they decided to call it a zombie named Sean. In which the character Sean does not become a zombie. Um, in Spain, it's called. It's, it was released as Zombies Party, and the okay. a romantic comedy with zombies tagline was changed to A Night of Death. Um, okay, Italy's quite good. All right, so Italy renamed released it as L'Alba dei Morti Demente or Dawn of the Demented Dead. 
Right. Which not only maintains the Dawn of the Dead reference, but it's also a pun on Morty Vivente, which is the living dead. Okay, um, right. So there was still some wordplay going on in the... It was the Italian title. That was the Italian yeah, title. Yeah, okay. And okay. God, that dog toy. Um, there are two squeaky pigs near, near Matt's foot. And, no, he's... and also, we're, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in Latin America, um, it was they, again, just went completely left field and called it Dead by Laughter. Okay. So, yeah, sure. There's that. Is that dead by Lefter? Okay, dead by Lefter. Yeah. That is mad. It is mad. A zombie Madness. called Sean. Madness. I mean, I guess it's a commentary on the fact that he was just shambling for life. Shambling, yeah. <laughs> actually, <laughs> when you think about how he is at the beginning and the sort of foreshadowing, the or they just looked at the title Sean of the Dead and assumed that he's one of the dead. Oh yes, Sean mm. is of the dead. Then he no, must be a zombie called Sean of the Dead. <laughs> um, I adore it. And it's the film that arguably launched a lot of the the uh, cast, and, mm. and especially, obviously, Edgar Wright, to stardom. Because they start cropping up in, at first, more kind of British comedies, rom-coms and stuff for a bit. But Hollywood takes notice of yeah. this movie. Because Simon Pegg had his, I'd went from this into Run Fat by Run. And started Nick Frost went into a lot movies. of like... Nick Frost doing all sorts of weird shit. Um, yeah. But no, notably... Um... <laughs> all sorts of weird shit. Notably, uh, Attack the Block pops up in with um, friends of Edgar Wright, uh, Joe Cornish, Adam Buxton. God, that was 20... Adam Buxton never shows up in that one. No, but... It, but he was oh, meant yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was... Yeah. He was it, Joe, Joe, Joe always said he'd show up in a sequel, and they never did. Never. Uh, <laughs> Although there's a sequel in the works right now. So maybe he will. Joe Cornish um, confirmed on, on Instagram this month. Maybe he will. That the, the second one is finally being worked on. It's Attack like, the ah! Block. Again. I wonder if we're going to get... It should um, be called Atuk. The block. Took the block. I wonder if we can get John Boyega and Jodie Whittaker back. Jodie might be up for it. Mm. She's very free soon. And we'll be like, I love my new child. But I need to but do I'd something like to else. spend some time away oh, yeah, from the house for a bit. Why would I know? Um, yeah, that's fine. I can forget that. I don't have to know. But um, the next film's the one that completely cemented like everyone involved yes. as... as potential global superstars because even, even it leads the... into like Mission Impossible 3 for yeah, Simon Pegg Nick yeah. Frost starts doing more stuff in Hollywood's like voice roles and cameos and stuff Yeah, Edgar Wright's next proposed movie uh, well the, the two the two pronged fork was Scott Pilgrim and an Ant-Man movie and and, and both well, happened fair, in a way yeah um, Ant-Man almost happened two um, comic book adaptations that's the point isn't it yeah it was like you've done Hot Fuzz what do you want to do next well, comic book the, movies that's the other thing that these um that these sort of bring to the fore in in pop culture is nerdness like movies yeah. made by nerds with a chock full of references of homages of shout outs and little sight gags and just in casting again yeah. like edward edward, edward woodward, woodward being in hot fours is the biggest clue <laughs> as to what, where it's yeah, actually going to go and you just don't think about no. it no you do not think, think about, about it. it. Um, it's just like, oh my god! Because yeah, fuck me, the the wicker man of this movie, <laughs> like the death in the flower shop with yeah, the shears. Yeah. Holy shit! The the the, the 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 chasm, like the 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 catacomb. Yeah. Full of people, some who you saw in the film. Yes. Who've just been yes. often chucked in there to the, rot. The poor living statue. <laughs> 
Who's the only one who's not rotted? He's not decayed. He's just there looking shocked. Yeah. Amazing. Bloody busybodies. It's the, frankly, astonishing omen... Uh, it's, it's not only oh. an homage to the Omen, but it just ramps up that idea by several degrees mm. with uh, Adam the Buxton's... explosive death of Tim Message. Yes. <laughs> Which is just... It's one of those moments where it happens and you're just like, oh, God! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gotta say, though, I think it was Tim's fault. He said, meet me by three... Meet me at three, which was a minute later. Yeah. Which was also the announcement of like the prizes of the yeah. raffle, which Tim would have known. He was covering the the event. Yeah, shit, journalist. Well, yeah, that yeah, um, that's why. The, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Nicholas Angle. Nicholas um, Angle. Fucking um, up. I, like you surely because like we're 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 both um, dramatic little lovey bastards. Um, yeah. Whenever you were at, like high school or whenever there was any press coverage of the stuff at like college and everything. Yeah. Did a local paper ever come round? Because the the way that Adam Buxton performs the bit where he's interviewing Nicholas at the school, having yeah. a photo with the kids and stuff, it's painfully realistic yeah. for local journalism. That's another thing. That so they much really fluff. So well. It is yeah. little details like that that are just very real. Like, put, put, put one of them in cuffs. I think they're sending the wrong message. Right, let, one of them, let one of them wear your hat. It's like, no. No. <laughs> no. But I, I was I, a few plays i did in high school got coverage in, in a paper called the salford advertiser oh yeah yeah and just like the photos we do they'd be like oh do this that the other and you're like i mean i know i'm a, i know i'm a teenager in high school so everything makes me cringe and i'm embarrassed by everything but this is, this is really making me uh, cringe this is embarrassing so weird it's just embarrassing oh but like again the observation yeah. is is so well done the um oh god the amdram group the fucking Amdram group. <laughs> All that stuff. Yeah, like it's bloody um where is it now? Uh that bloke from that thing and that, that lady from the thing. other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Lucy something. It's them. Lucy <laughs> I could edit this Lucy in afterwards, Click. but I won't. Lucy Click. I'd call it I'd call it Esme Squalor. Because I think of her from I think of her from uh, the unfortunate events adaptation yeah, where she fair. was excellent um um yeah just the whole the, oh god the, the, the local the local um architect and stuff who's a billionaire oh, who's, Ron Cook. who's house Ron Cook being ace, yeah. who, whose house does not fit the aesthetic of the rest of the village at all it's like yeah you know, yeah god you're right when when you've driven around areas like that and you always drive past this house just outside of these villages and towns uh, it's david fall and uh, lucy punch punch there are we the, go. Are the, are the two amdram leads. god that's nuts just the puns that Dalton comes out with in relation to the deaths and everything and, you know, word travels fast and all that uh, stuff. He's, he's just like... Oh, he's so... He's oh, chewing every bit of scenery and get his hands on, isn't he's it? He's loving it. He's absolutely loving it. <laughs> Merchant cameo with a yes, swan. Steven, I forgot. When I rewatched this for this, literally every other scene was like, oh, I forgot he was in this. Oh, Co- I forgot she was Coogan in this. Coogan cameo. I forgot the Coogan. At the top end. Just um, like, David what? Bradley. Um, in this fucking end. David Bradley and then returning for uh, and then pops up again in World's <laughs> End yes just being um, brilliant Martin Freeman I've just realised he's in all three Martin Freeman he's in, he's in the mirror group in Shaun yeah. of the Dead he's, he has a cameo as one of the police officers at the yeah. beginning of Hot Fuzz and, and then obviously he's a main bloody character in uh, in, in World's End <laughs> 
Yeah, fucking Peter Jackson's in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> Peter Jackson and Kate Blanchett. And Kate Blanchett. You see, you, and all, you, all you see of both of them is that bit of their face. Yeah. Like Peter Jackson is so Santa many Claus. Awesome people in it in just, the montage. You know, that's Peter yeah. Jackson, and then Kate Blanchett is Nicholas Angel's ex, who's breaking up with. And you know the thing that works about all of these films is that all the cast, <laughs> even the the cameos, yeah. are completely on board with the tone yes. of the film and buy into it completely, and that's what makes it work. <laughs> Check out his horse <laughs> and the fucking gunfight. Like Hot yeah. Fuzz is so much fun. Yes. And then it gets dark and it becomes darkly funny. And then in that last 25 minutes, it's it just an astounding action movie. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> but again... Fucking hell. The moment he rocks break. back up to town, yeah. it's just like, here we go. But again, with that, um, that British <laughs> uh, twist of the all being fucking old people... Um, <laughs> and, and another thing that another thing that's a common thread in these movies which gets wonderfully paid off in all of them is the sort of the idea of the brick joke and the foreshadowing yeah. so you get it with the Andes earlier on in Hot Fuzz like, Rafe's Ball uh, and Paddy Constantine are so uh, good in everyone's, everyone's packing around here talking about guns yeah. like, like who? Farmers and who else? Farmers' mums <laughs> what happens when Nicholas Angel begins his uh, his return to this his vengeful return? A farmer's mum A mom. farmer's mum shoots him yeah. shoots at him <laughs> right. and his buddy kind of cram him in it kind yeah. of cram him's the farmer gets run over and shots for his mum and his mum turns over the shotgun it's just it's really really smart um, the pub machine the gambling machine from Shaun of the Dead makes a cameo in both the pubs and following films pubs are uh, again going back to the British visit the the the, the pub uh, is a prominent character in all three movies. Its, it's, it's prominent place in British culture is, is hugely important to all of these. Um, and is accurately represented just... as being full of coffin dodgers and triad young kids who were yeah. just about getting away with having an illegal drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just... When's your birthday? February 22nd. What year? Every year. <laughs> Such a Out. dickhead. Such a dickhead. Edgar Wright celebrates um, that day every year with that screen grab. Yeah. He just tweets it. <laughs> Puts it out. It's that one Kiri goes, What's your age? <laughs> oh, yeah, the Jacob Rees Mogg. Uh, <laughs> he does. It does look like Jacob Rees Mogg. Well, um, the biggest uh, hero of the movie, The Swan. The Swan. The fake out death at the end. Yes. Which is very really American. Very it's American. very American action very flick American. from the 80s. Um, it's just it's just a, such a lovable film. It's so good. Smart, funny, ridiculous. I'm the only 18 in the series. I think... I think that's just for the violence of the last act, isn't it? Not even for the last act, just for for, um, uh, Adam Buxton's head getting imploded. That's... Oh, God. That is is a gore moment worthy of, like, early Cronenberg. Yeah. Or fucking... um, I'll just get early Carpenter's level. Uh, That's a a Scanners level gore moment. It is, good Um, Lord. Um... What's lovely is so my, my, my dad and stepmom have got quite a fondness for that part of the country and stuff. And we've been to Wales a fair few times, most recently last October. Yeah. And it's just from me and my wife walking around Wales and being like, with this being one of our favourite films collectively, just walking around and being like, it's fucking weird now. Yeah. The older you get, the more surreal it is that it's like, shooting bit happens there, fountain was there, swan was running around over there. Yeah. <laughs> like the shortcut we took from a car park into yeah. the town was... You mothers, like just you mothers. and the the payoff of the fence jumping gag throughout yep. all three movies. You get three yep. different versions of it. All the yeah, the fence jumping's all great. I I love all three of these movies equally. Yeah, I think 
my love for one of them has grown a little more so. Yeah. The older I've gotten. Yeah. And it's the world's end. And it's, it's easy to see why. It's, yeah. it's the most assured of the three. I it mean, just, it's, it's post Scott Pilgrim, post Edgar Scott Wright. Pilgrim, so you can see he's directed the weirdest action of his career yeah. in this movie. So you can see the, the sort of <laughs> skills he's picked up from working on a you know a, a more CGI heavy, much more action oriented movie. The fights. You look at the difference in like the physical fight scenes in between Hot Fuzz and um, World's End, and yeah. it's just especially because it, it goes from gunplay to brawling. Yes, and and the choreographer on this was one of Jackie Chan's team. Oh, Ace, yeah, yeah. brilliant. <laughs> But again, it's still very British. Which is why they've got like, uh, they have a drunken master two homage, the bit where that really breaks out, and yeah. uh, and Andy finally like gets his gets his hands dirty, oh. uh, and and hulks. He does yeah, a hulk. He does a hulk. He, instead of ripping a car apart, he, he just grabs two bar stools, grabs two bar stools, and starts twatting people with them. Uh, throughout that scene, Gary, because of course, in every port of it becomes obvious later on. Yeah. But it's one of those things that he once you notice it earlier, he always has a pint. Yeah. In that scene. He's trying to drink the entire fight. He's not getting involved in the fights, apart from no. like knocking people away from him. Oh God! Until and, uh, um, until, until well, Sam's written. Well, there's one bit at the bar where he does it, and someone knocks him, and it goes in the air, and he fucking catches as much Brilliant as he can, moment. which is a drunken master too. But it homage. happens so fast, and it's edited so tightly that you can fit so much into each frame, and yet it still reads. It's such oh yeah, a, it's such a well, especially that fight sequence because it's it's sequence. it's a one shot cheat as well. Yeah, there's like seven yeah. seven or eight cuts in it, but it's it's beautifully the, the, done. The, 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 and then you know match cuts from scene transitions. Even going back to Shaun of the Dead, where you got the match cut of the cricket bat. Um, yeah. The, the oh cricket god. Bat um, it's. <laughs> uh, I just remember one of my favorite stupid jokes of Shaun of the Dead. It's like, was it? The zombie's still out there. What? No, 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 not the letterbox one. Not the, not the letterbox one, sorry. No, the, they're still out there. C- curtain. They're just stood yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, such, it's like the most cartoony joke in the whole yeah. film. This is, of course, they're fucking there. You can see the shadow on the curtain and everything. But yeah, like the, the, the way his skills have developed yeah. and solidified by the world's end. And again, um, leaning into that sort of. Uh, sort of trope that he, that he loves of, of setting stuff up first, yeah, and, and telling you what's going to happen. Mm. And it's, it's most prominent in the world's end, where, as you say, the names of the pubs on the pub crawl literally tell you what is going to happen. And if and if the if the names don't, the signs yeah. do. The good companion is the one before the pub, where suddenly Martin Freeman goes yeah. to the bathroom and comes back acting weird. Exactly. And the sign for the good companion is five faces, all gold and one blue. Yeah. And it's like. Oh, and that's just before the pub where the switch happens. So it's like, oh, you bastards. Because it's setting up the idea of everyone's friends and it's all fine and we're getting on again. And then the next one, one of them's going to be different. And, and, and also the flashback mm. that opens the film, again, oh. tells you what's going to happen. Yeah. And tells you what members of the party... We lost Thingy over here it. and this and, and the other. And when they're not... Gonna, and it just... It's so tight. Gonna paint the town red. Yeah. Fucking did. Yeah. Like, it, oh my God. It's just wonderfully done. And again, great cast. Yeah. The, uh, incredible, incredible, in- oh my God. Incredible lead cast. You're, you're five, you're, well, six leads with Rosamund Pike, but like, you know, you're six. Mm. You're core five and, 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 and whatnot. My God. It's yeah. like, Eddie Marzen at Marzen, isn't it? Marzen. Eddie Marzen. Eddie Marzen, yeah. 
Imazen, Paddy Constein and Martin Freeman yeah. have not been part of this duology of, of, of you know, the, the two leads. They fit right in. Yes. Yeah. You immediately buy it, but the relationship between Gary and Andy is very important. Yeah. In a way where it's like, yeah, it's still a Peg Frost vehicle. Yes. Um, but in a different way. And yes. it's, it's one of those things of like, two absolute best mates, two people who become best mates, two people, two people who really should not be near each other anymore. Yeah. And it's because all three of them have this wonderful thing at their core of finding a balance between staying true to who you are, but growing the fuck up. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's handled differently. And in one of them, it's more about like getting your life straight, pulling yourself out of a slump. Yep. In one of them, it's about learning to loosen up a little fucking bit yep. and not take things too seriously. And in this one, fucking just, hell. Yeah, you just, it's that wow. kind of thing that you do get in your thirties. Mm. You do get it in your thirties of going, Hi. is this really the life I imagined I'd had when I was, you know, a kid and everything was full of promise and I took my first steps out into the wider world and I thought I'm going to conquer everything. And then did that work out for me? I want to get loaded. Uh, I have a good time. Yeah. Like, you, like that's the, that's all you want. Yeah. And you're like, I want to hit this goal and I want to hit this goal. And you get older and you realize it doesn't always work like that. And that doesn't mean it's, the end like the goals can still be achieved but there's some people for who but, that it, that, that they can't get past that and that gary and, king and gary is, king is, is the complete sort of, embodiment of yeah. it um to the point where there have been things have happened between that flashback yeah and the present day of the story between these characters that we only hear snatches of what happened yes and it's because gary just doesn't fucking remember because he doesn't really care yeah because it's not important it's not about having a good time like the allusions to the like you know when andy stopped drinking yeah and why and the more you learn about it and you're just like holy shit yeah. gary the fact that you just went to him like we're gonna go and do it we're gonna do the you know the world's end we're gonna get we're gonna get there this time and it's just like why would he ever want to talk to you yeah. again how how can you not know why he would never want to talk to you again after what you did select a memory mental in it it's yeah. just like it's oh god it's so well told because it's it's from Gary King's POV at first. Yes. That he's our lead in. And then the more you learn from the group, the more you're like, Gary's not a good person. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Peg's at his funniest. In yes, this. he is funny. He's absolutely the comedy lead in this. And he's so good. It's very, it's very quick, very, um, it, the, the sort of, the, the, the volleying mm. sort of tennis match of the verbal tennis match that, you're getting a lot of Edgar Wright stuff. He's, he's really, really pacey in this and snappy. Yeah. He's um, the embodiment of it. That's, that's one of the most impressive things, particularly when you've got people, uh, Paddy Constantine and Mike Freeman and Andy Marson, who haven't mm. done... I mean, Paddy Constantine has a, has a more prominent role in, in Hot Fuzz, so he has a bit more experience with that. Don't give me a twat now. Yeah. <laughs> but certainly <laughs> Mike Freeman and Andy Marson, who haven't sort of done the previous two, yeah. um, coming in and, and picking that ball up. Yeah. And, uh, and just everyone just fits really nicely together. Just the side cast, like the people who don't really speak very much, but like the old bully and, yeah. and the marmalade sandwich and like... <laughs> Fuck me. Which is, oh God, that's extra creepy because that's the first giveaway yeah. of how long this has maybe been going on or, or like at the very least how artificial everything can be. Yeah. Because there's one throwaway line of like, uh, in middle thing of like, you know, go back to like being you at your best. And then at the end you get the payoff of, holy shit, there's the younger actors. Yeah in the room with yeah. them. But like the first clue of that is that when you see the marmalade sandwich in the flashbacks and then you see them in the present day, it's like, they look, that's the same actors. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Yeah. 
that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously later on, it's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> okay. Um, you get your second Bond. And this one with Pierce Brosnan playing a Welsh school teacher, which... I, 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 he's not in it for very long, but I adore Pierce he Brosnan makes, in this movie. He makes every second count. That, that is, it's the beehive, isn't it? It's the one where that happens. Well, that shit kicks off. Yes, because that's the whole um, thing of like you learn about the, the hive-like mentality of it all and becoming the part of the... Where things get a bit mental. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God. Just beautifully done. And the fact that like that's the scene where like, the, the brawl kicks off and then as it wraps up, a fresh Brosnan just walks yeah. in with the teenagers from like three pubs ago. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. The, uh, oh, God, all of that stuff. The... Uh, Michael Smiley, Nicholas Burns, Reese Shearsmith, yeah. um, <laughs> David Bradley. David Bradley. You're numpty. Um, <laughs> That's why I drink with this funny straw. Not so funny now, am I? Um, <laughs> God, that's meant just... Oh. And the, the invasion plot of the network yeah. is so... Well, the, the fact that this... Because these two wear their genres, homage genres on their sleeves immediately. Yeah. You know this is going to homage horror and as it goes on you go, wow, they're actually really good at the horror side of this. Yeah. You know this is going to be an action movie because they keep teeing it up yeah. and then they deliver. This one just starts out as a raucous comedy. It's a good with, with a With a dramatic, minutes, it? like, it yeah, it's, it's, a, it's sort of a dark comedy movie yeah. and then you suddenly go, fuck, it's a sci-fi. Yeah. Oh, and then as it develops, you're like, no, it's a sci-fi horror. Okay. Okay. This is interesting. And I think that's one of the reasons why this one gets a bit of a short thrift when people go, oh yeah, oh, I'm not as fun on that it one. It does take a while to get to that genre. And it was covered up. Like the yeah. trailers allude to it. And def- I think the last trailer was like, yes, there's a sci-fi thing. Yeah, the tra- I think it was shots of like the town statue yeah, moving Yeah, that's definitely in the trailers. Yeah. Uh, um, which in itself is just a lovely homage to like, the sci-fi fifties kind of B movie genre yeah, totally. that Edgar Wright is 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 um, very fond of because that that's absolutely like the day the Earth stood still vibes yeah. from that statue. You know, you just like you surprise the words Klaatu, Veratum, Nicta don't appear in the film somewhere. A lot of body snatchers. A lot this. of body snatchers. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's oh god. It's very the network's plan. We just want to help. Like we literally just want to ready you for the rest of the galaxy. Like you, your planet could be awesome. We've just got to get rid of all the bad but shit. Again, it's, it's but who's... we're having to get rid of a lot of a bad shit. It's, it's one of those yeah. things. It's like whose whose definition of awesome is that? Exactly. And again, the final words. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> it just turns just... off, and then blows up the thingy, and it yeah. destroys technology. Yeah. And then that out Peace of out. nowhere ending. Yeah. Which I don't mind because it's like yeah. Why not? Would it be boring if it was just that town dies and everyone goes back to their... But it, who's but still it, alive goes back to their day jobs. But it isn't out of nowhere. And you don't, because... end, you don't end up with a shot of Martin Freeman with, with a volleyball with eyes drawn on yeah. it for half a head if you don't get that ending. But it, it's also... such a fucking fun. He walks into the wall. It's just a stupid little gag. Sorry. Oh, it's, very it's very I good. Um, it's very good. It's so dumb. It's... <laughs> that's the fun thing about the movie, though, is that... <laughs> not necessarily in the way they intended, but everyone does get what they want. Yeah. Yeah, or at least their replacements do in a way. Too. Well, well, that well, as we, as we know, what is the real difference between the original and the replacement? Once you remove the network, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah. Oh God, it's also kind of um, 
adjacent a commentary on kind of how people present themselves artificially Absolutely. in life, like yeah, through social absolutely. media and stuff. But before the a lot idealized of that came version of it, in um, the twenty tens, where it developed a lot more yeah. and became more about like what people do all the time. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's taught so, uh, and fucking hell, like Gary King's story and uh, yeah. how that is told over the course of it, and goes from being big comedy sitcom fuck up character trying to relive the glory days to this is someone who needs help and is denying it at every turn it's his last ride like that's the reason he wants to complete the pub crawl is he wants to go out on a high just he's exactly not, that's the thing he's it's not, like he's yeah not, he's not intending to, to stick around night. beyond the night yeah no. it's like the the bit where he just says they tell they tell me when to go to bed it, it's so it's it so hits telling isn't it so hard cuz it's like obviously very childish line of dialogue, such a little thing. but what it means to him yeah. and and how he it makes him feel, and it's just like fucking hell, oh my god! No, someone who's had, who has no control over their life anymore. Yeah. But then, did they ever take control? Did they ever take control of their life? Really? No. no. But that's so. Have they ever been? In, <sighs> have they ever been in control? And things like when when he's when they're identifying each other from the scars to make sure they're not blanks, mm. and all of the. The reason they've all got scars all come out of Gary all being come a of stuff Gary's done to yeah. them, yeah. And then and then yeah, you just, like Andy tries to do it. Just, he goes like, "Was it?" Um, shows your arm. Shows your arm. And Gary sort of is completely taken aback by that. He's like, "What?" Yeah. Because he thinks no one's noticed, but they've been with him all night. Yeah. They've noticed he's always wearing his coat. He's got a mercy tattoo, though. Yeah, well, the thing is, his his t-shirt's not white, but fucking things coming out the end of his sleeves are white. And it's just like, oh my... And the moment he said... I remember the first time I watched it, the moment he said that, I was like, shit. Like, things just start to fall into place. And it's... it's, Oh, but of course, the tattoo's the giveaway. It's like, right, okay, fine, sure. It's just so meticulously constructed. Beautifully done. Um, which is, you know, and you could see through the three films him getting better at it, mm. and, and and you know, I'd, I'd be tempted to, to, sort, to slot Scott Pilgrim in there as a sort of side fourth film. It's like what, yeah, it does, what happens? What happens if these stories are told yeah, in Canada? Let's just, pop over there and see what, how that because works. It does over there. have so many of these <laughs> ideas in. I mean, well, the heightened cartoon reality of this yeah, one does make it exactly. a little different. But also, it is, once again... People burst into coins and no one's shocked. Similar, <laughs> similar to the Nick Frost characters in the first two and the and Gary King in the, in the third one, mm. it is about Scott growing up and learning to be less of a shit. And yes, just less yeah. of a self-centred, obsessed, self-obsessed... Slightly... Um, pervy, creepy, you yeah, know, creepy, creepy, pervy, creepy, like... Mm, yeah. um, and, you know, actually being an adult. And I think that's it. Them being so far apart as films helps illustrate that theme so well. And especially in when you get to World's End and you see that how the way that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost have switched roles. I think Nick Frost's performance in the World's End is great. Fantastic, yeah. Because he's playing completely against what he's been. In the other two. In the other two. And in a lot of the films he was casting as well. Yeah. A lot of other stuff he's he like, appeared oh, Just in. do the funny fat guy thing. And then he doesn't do that in The World's End. Even when it does get funny, it's not... It's not oafish at mm. any point. Yeah. It's... He's yeah. terrifying in that brawl. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Like, because that's the whole thing as well. They set up, like, you used to be known as, like, the biggest, like, brawler in the area. You were the guy yeah. who always kicked off. 
on a night out. The and then when you finally see the beast in action, it's like, fucking hell! Yeah. But also the idea that Practical even Practical though... stools, by the way. Yeah, of course. Foam stools. Of course. Oh, uh, Even amazing. though he sort of had his life together yeah. and had been sober for so long, his wife still left him. Yeah. And the only reason he even became sober, which he doesn't hold as a high and mighty thing. No. But it makes Gary feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And and but because the reason Gary that even happened is like because that. of the fucking accident yeah. that is alluded to for ages and then finally confirmed later on yeah. that was Gary's fucking fault. Yeah. As everything has been. Oh, it's mm, I love it. Uh best visual in the whole film is in the two headed dog with the twins after they get beaten up and then one of them comes back with the other's legs yeah. attached in the arm sockets. The twins are great. And he's just swirling these legs as an it's attack. It's just so weird. The moment things start to fall into place after the bathroom fight and people in the back, obviously it becomes more obvious as it goes yeah. on, but people in the background just kind of, once once they go into somewhere, just stopping and looking. And it's just like, oh, that's eerie. And, also and then seeing- it keeps happening. Oh, also oh. seeing when you go back again, rewatches uh, benefit it, but seeing so how sort of simple and repetitive everyone's background actions are, which it normally would be like, oh, they've just got shit extras. But no, 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 no. We know that that's not how Edgar how Wright, Wright works. We've seen the other two films. It's rehearsed actions. Yeah. These are normal behaviours. These are definitely normal behaviours. We don't need to behave any other way. No. It's fine. We've got to be upstanding citizens because when we get introduced to the wider galaxy, we've got to be model citizens for them to go. Oh yeah, we'll work with you, yeah, even though there'll be none of. And I love that, you know, <laughs> and you never find out how many because he says, "How many other worlds have you done this to?" Like, how many other worlds have no one left? Yeah, because you've just replaced them all. Although it does seem that that's that, that's not how it usually works because it they seems are, like so... they do it just a bit. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like this is like, well, we you know we've had to replace ninety five percent of this village's population, and it's not like well. It's, <laughs> It seems like the, the problem is, is that's not usually what happens. Yeah. Um, so it is, you know, Earth is an outlier in this sense. And just the ending. The very ending shot yeah. of Gary and the Blanks. Guess like, what he wants. The Chav Blanks. He get he gets to be the hero he's, of his own he's, story. He's the hero of his own story with his, with his mates as they were yeah. when they were kids, which is yeah. where, where he still feels like he is. Yeah. Fuck, it's a great movie. And he's I, sober. Was it five tap waters, please? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. I, I love all of them. I think all of them are amazing. And no one... Fa- whichever favourite is your favourite, your opinion is not wrong. But fuck me, this one really hits now. Yeah. I, it's just... it's At the time I liked it, I've never understood the flack for it. Now I'm like, no, this is my favourite of the three. Yeah, The World's End is really good. I think it's, we're going to see a reappraisal of The World's End going forward. What have folks been saying in the email inbox? Because you can get in touch, bigdamncontact at gmail.com about anything you want to bring up on the podcast. We're happy to chat about it, bring it up and fiddle with it with our pips and holes. We that sounds wrong, but also right. single hot take. On the Cornetto a trilogy? single hot That'll melt take. the Cornetto. Yes. Um, you haven't signed the email, so I'm not going to use your name. Um... <laughs> But Fair enough. You. Fair point. Uh, we shall and, call you emailer. And our uh, email says, yes, if, when you do email, and, uh, make sure that you sign your email how you want to be addressed. If you don't sign your email, I will not say your name. Yeah. Um, because... uh, names, pronouns, nickname, whatever yes. you need to put in there, please let I us know. I know we, we have definitely had it before where I've not used people's email address because their email address is their dead name. So I'm not oh, doing yes, so, yeah, yes, yeah. We're not doing that. Uh, so make sure you do sign your email how you want to be addressed. Um so this one comes in saying, uh, I think 
Shaun of the Dead, being my favourite film, is also partially a controversial choice, and is not specifically accredited for the SFX involved, yet that's what inspired me to do what I like doing. Oh! But also, it isn't a classic Hollywood blockbuster like many other fan favourites of its genre. People may have grown up on, such as It or Alien. Here's the thing. This was Wright's first feature film production, following on from a small yet bizarre comedy series on Channel 4 he had created called Spaced. Not quite. Not but but no to be one fair... No knows Fistful of Fingers. No one knows oh, how to get hold of Fistful is, of Fingers. Is Fistful of Fingers even real? Release the Fistful of Fingers does cut. It, is, is, does it exist? <laughs> um, it but we, we get what you mean. We get what you mean. Definitely wouldn't have had as yeah. much effects work as uh, Shaun of the Dead did. Um, it was also the first of what turned into a trilogy starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost's lead roles called the Conato Trilogy due to the ice cream becoming a staple item in his creations with these two protagonists. No one expected this production to be as legendary as it was, even himself. It's just this budgeted horror comedy with a side of romance involved that nods to a couple of household name filmmakers like Tarantino and Raimi from some recently ex-film and drama student Nobody's in London that somehow casually just features iconic legends such as Bill Nye and Penelope Wilton. The storyline so is so good in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. The storyline is so chaotic <laughs> and the dialogue is ridiculous in relation to the themes of a traditional zombie movie. It sounds like a fever dream you might end up having after a hefty night out. On paper, it shouldn't work. But it does. It does. And I think the similar thing could be said for for all of these. Mm. Like it, <laughs> a, a buddy cop action movie with a side of slasher movie in rural Britain. Like, it's bloody... Um, the Devil Rides Out meets Bad Boys. Uh, it's, <laughs> the World's End is, <laughs> yeah, is preposterous. It's but it works so because everyone involved commits, and even the guest cast, even the big stars that they get for for cameos. Like say, look at look at the cast list for Hot Fuzz in terms of like classic British actors, and like you know old guard. So what we got? We got a uh, friggin. Uh, you got Bill Nye, mm-hmm. the science Hot guy. Bill. You got it's not, um, it's not, not him. It's not him. Billy Whitelaw. Billy Whitelaw, um, Paul Freeman, uh, like these like old school like British movie stars, like um, fucking uh, Timothy Dalton, Jim Broadbent, um, fucking Edward Woodward, Edward fucking Woodward, Anne Reed, Kenneth Cranham, like of course, Anne Reed. It, it's just, and they commit to it. They commit to the concept. Yeah, and that's the thing that Edgar Wright, I think, is really good at doing with his actors. He's getting them to commit to the concept. No matter how ridiculous it is, and it working, mm. um, because and, and as silly as these films are, they they are also have lo- loads of excellent character work and have a lot to say about those characters and about relationships, particularly that sort of male friendship idea. Um, I would love to see, and I think with the movies that he's, I've, I've not seen Last Night in Soho, so this might come in more, but like make the films less centric on that sort of male relationship. Uh, yeah, Last Night in Soho definitely is away um, from that. So L- Last Night in Soho and Baby Driver steer away from that yeah. quite well. Um, steer being the pun there. Because ha, I think ha, he's got ha, ha. more <laughs> interesting things to say that aren't just like two busy mate lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I honestly think this is a exceptional run of movies. Hmm. Just stunningly well put together. Even from the beginning on, no money. You get Shaun of the Dead. So when he's clearly got, you know, a bit of Hollywood clout and a, a decent budget to, to put together the world's end and take it the direction it goes and do the things that he does in it. And yeah, Conan Trilogy is awesome. 
Which is why I'm almost reluctant to pitch you this episode's Big Damn Challenge. We don't have a sting. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, you've been pitched as the screenwriter. Yeah. For a straight to DVD. Oh no. Fairly budgeted sequel. Oh no. To one of the three films. Oh no. Edgar Wright's given it his blessing, but he ain't going near it. However, you've been entrusted with continuing the story. This is Hollywood. You have to do it. It's gonna hurt for everyone involved, but you have to do it. Which of the three movies do you sequelize? Whom do you bring back, if anyone? And whom do you introduce into the story? Now, I know this is sacrilege. It's desecration of the highest order. It's a terrible idea. Which is why I'm happy to say this is hypothetical. It's all fiction. But which one would you sequelize? And why? Well, let's look at the evidence. Um, Look at... The way the movies finish, which one has most sequel potential? Probably The World's End. Okay. All right. Because it does leave... when It does leave the world mm. in a sort of new status quo. That's true. Which Shaun of the Dead does to a degree. So I think there's potential there. However... What's so wonderful about all three of them is they are wrapped up in a neat little bow at the end. Like, the ending they have is the ending that story needs. Yeah, it's perfect. So it's wrong to do it, but what you're saying is there's more of a playground with the world's end. Yeah. Because you have a whole... You know, you can definitely go low budget. You just shoot it in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> in the woods, in car parks, in in, uh, in squatter spots, in old neighbourhoods. However. <gasps> however. Yarp. I think we need to go back to the well. Oh, I. Who are? Not Wells. Oh, I. Not, not Hot Fuzz. Who are? I think, I think out, of the, out, of the, out of the three of them, I think the Hot Fuzz has the least sequel potential. Okay. Um. Really? Okay. Yes, because I think so much of the idea of the film is around, A, Angel and Butterman sort of rubbing off on each other. And also teaching each other that about people. Which which, uh, which version did you watch? <laughs> yeah, the 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 frost peg sanctioned slash version. Oh right, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely there's definitely homoerotic undertones in uh, in Hot Fuzz and Aya. I mean, for they it. set it up as well with all the stuff about um, Point Break and whatnot yeah, as well. And his big yeah. stupid monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really buy me a piece, Lily? <laughs> um, it's so sweet. Could be a great policeman officer. Um, it's so sweet. It's very sweet. Um, I actually think can't we judge jury and execution? He's not judge Judy and executioner. Uh, <laughs> I actually think doing a Shaun of the Dead movie with a second outbreak. Okay. Focusing on the kids of Shaun and Liz. Okay. So you're going um, Disney DVD sequel. Yeah. Um, um, root yeah. here. Ursula's crazy so sister! kill off Sean and all this fairly early on. On screen or off screen? On screen. Okay, so you're not doing an Ace Ventura Jr. Or like halfway through. Okay. So like... Or maybe like Poetic Justice have Ed be the one who bites Sean. 
Oh, you bastard. Yeah. You bastard. Oh, you meanie. See, I find it interesting that the two you've gone for as potential sequel playgrounds are the the two I wouldn't. Well, you know. I'd go for Hot Fuzz. I think Hot Fuzz... Because all you got to do is have another village win the contest, other than Sanford, and have one little hint of, hang on. See, if I was gonna if I was gonna sequelize Hot Fuzz, I'd I'd invert it. I'd take Butterman to the city. Oh come on now! I'd take Butterman to come London. Come on now! That yes. Or <laughs> I'd take Butterman to Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. Because it's because of the rep- and I'd play with the the sort of reputation that Liverpool has as a fucking. Um, crime-ridden city, which it isn't. It's not. Um, it's all rep. Liverpool's bloody Liverpool. Although, although as, um, as, as Mancunian Sulfordians, we, for- yeah, we, we have to hate Liverpool, apparently. Um, um, it's only a city of culture, yeah, but we have like, to hate have, it. I don't know. Have, it, have a, like, a, a, a French Connection 2 thing where they they follow, they follow <laughs> okay. the, the notorious drug dealer um, uh, an organised crime ring to a, a major city in the UK. I don't know, maybe Birmingham. Birmingham's good. Yeah, Birmingham's good. Birmingham's also really dull. So, it is. Sorry if you come sorry. from Birmingham. Uh, so that would be a, like a sort of oh yes, ah, oh, you got you got Butterman being like ah, oh, this is amazing. This huge, cool city. I've never seen anything so big. And Angel who's from fucking London is just like yeah, this is fucking dull. This is this is fucking <laughs> this is uh, uh, what's this village called? Um, Sanford. Sanford. This is Sanford with taller buildings like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, hot fuzz. Totally and no work. swans, no swans. Um, but no, I, I I think a sort of twenty eight weeks later companion to to Shaun of the Dead, um, which you know is holy shit is picks up on some of the ideas from the first one, but evolves on them and leaves it in an even bleaker place. Um, wow. Mmm. <laughs> but again, is. As much as Shaun of the Dead is about growing up and letting your childishness go, as simple as World's End is, um, it would be more about letting your... And developing on a theme that you do see a little bit of in Shaun of the Dead, letting your parents go and becoming your own people. Mm. Okay. Um, So it would be a story of adolescence into adulthood. Yes. In the more literal... In the more literal sense. ...sense this way, Um, yeah. And... You know, uh, who do you bring back? Peg. I mean, there's not many left at the no. end of Shaun of the Dead. To be fair, uh, <laughs> obviously, Peg and Ashford mm. um, really, really bring back um, Alicia Davis. I'd, ha- I'd have to. Well, she's in the shrine in the film at the end. Di- dies in yeah. the shrine, but on the DVD she extras. There is an animatic, like, bonus scene showing that she survived. I would have her be the crazy survivalist who um, <laughs> yeah. who helps uh, Sean and Lizzie's kids um, do the sort of post-parent death next bit before sacrificing themselves. She's gone from being a drama teacher to a grief counsellor? Yeah, grief, yeah. <laughs> Um, before sacrificing... well, like obviously a very drama teacher, yeah. grief counselor, yeah, okay. Before sacrificing themselves, so so the kids can make their sort of final escape. Um, 
obviously to no avail because it's a zombie movie. It's, it's you know, uh, it's got bleak ending. But do we go Walking Dead? Has she got like David's zombified head in a jar? No, she fucking hates David. That's true. But she's got. Maybe she feels sorry for him though. But she's got his leg in her belly. Um. <laughs> she's got his leg hung above the door. Oh, uh, like, you know like a wooden leg belonging to a man named Smith. <laughs> you'd have to do a re. Um, you'd have to do a callback to the to the mirror gang gag, with. Um, uh, uh, Jessica Hines' group. Jessica Hines. Yeah. Siobhan's uh, group. Yeah, Siobhan's. Yeah. Kids. Okay. <laughs> Just a bit more well to do. Yeah. Or maybe it is. Maybe they meet up early on. Okay. I mean, and maybe it's, maybe get it's, Jessica Hines in it is always a good I mean, idea, to be Hines, honest. Yeah, get Jessica Hines in there. Um, it's always a good idea, regardless of context. Um, good luck. Because um, <laughs> um, none of that other group survived, did it? Uh, it's, implied. It's, a, it's implied she's the only one who survives yeah. it. Yeah. Um, At least somebody made it, or whatever it is. She yeah, says. yeah, yeah. It's like, oh shit, yeah. okay. Um, which again lends to how like wonderfully bleak things get in these films when the stakes are introduced. Yeah. So uh, I think that's what I'd do. And then with, if I was to do, um, <laughs> if I was to, <laughs> There's easy if top I there. was to I was do expecting that. <laughs> uh, World's End, sequelize that, it would be uh, basically Monty Python's Mad Max. <laughs> so like very British Gary King as the road warrior. <laughs> I in but it replaced the sort of the, the V8 interceptor with the beast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that sounds a lot better than Monty Python's Mad Max would be. Well, yeah, I suppose. Everyone went woke! <laughs> and now the world's gone broke! Well, yeah, apart from that. Yeah, we're not gonna do in that. Oh, um, you either die a hero. Good Monty Pythons. Yeah. Um, it's just, just starring Palin. It's just Palin and yeah, Eric Idle can do the music. Palin just sitting in the corner, very, very nicely going, hmm, yes, this is... having a lovely be, time. I think I'm going to put this in my next travel Michael Palin tra- uh, Michael Palin travel documentary set in the world of Mad Max. That'd be magical. One of the cameos should be Michael Palin doing a travelogue of post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic Britain. I... Congratulations. It's not happening, but I just wanted to give you a handshake. So, yeah. I think World's End is a simpler one to sequelize, but I think mm. Shaun of the Dead is a more interesting one. And I think we're all right. Especially Edgar you, Edgar Wright. He brought it back. He brought it back around. It's a brick joke, mate. It's what Edgar Wright does. He told you what we were going to do, and we did it. Slice of fried gold. Now I'm going to go. Yeah, boy. We'll see you next time, but don't forget you can support us on Patreon for as little as a quid a month. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. You can also get our Shaun of the Dead audio commentary and our upcoming World's End and Hot Fuzz audio commentaries through there. They're separate commentaries, by the way. We're not going them straight through. That's just insane. No. That'd be weird. That would be weird. Seven hours of pure, non-stop, uncut European filth. Apple sours. Uh, well. Uh, also follow us over on all the usual places. Links below in the description if you're listening to this on audio. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. If you're watching it with your eyes on YouTube, double thanks. For you. Oh, yeah, that too. See you again soon. Bune. Doesn't work. Let's be good. Once again, a special thanks to all of our patrons, but an extra special thanks to Big Damn Ultra fans and executive producers CDM and Lewis Palmer. We'll see you all again very soon.